back. Hi. Hello and welcome to Knock Knock High with the Glockenfleckens. I am Dr. Glockenflecken, also known as Will Flannery. I am Lady Glockenflecken, also known as Kristen Flannery. And we are talking to another couple. Yes. This is I a, think is this our first couple? Our, it's our first four-person podcast episode. Yeah. That's right. That's exciting. It's also our first return guest. Yeah, Dr. Lindsay Fitzharris and her husband Adrian Teal. That's who's right. A caricaturist, mm-hmm. cartoonist, illustrator, illustrator, and uh, it's fantastic. Uh, as you can, you'll see in this episode, um, uh, we see some examples of caricatures. Yes. And uh, one of the two of us, which we will put up on our social media and everything for for the listeners to see. Um, And it made me think a lot, that conversation that we had with them, just about like working with your spouse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. It's like, how do you think it's going? (laughs) I think it's going just fine. I think it is too. Yeah. Here's the thing. I think there's two things about us that make it work well. And I, so I can't speak for all, yeah. you know, partners, all spouses, whatever, working together. But we have always worked next to each other. Like studying. Yeah, and we writing, met in college yeah. and we were, you know, good students yeah, yeah. and whatever. We've always, in grad school and med school, I mean, there's always been like work. We, that's just been a, def, a just a mm. fundamental part of our relationship from the jump. So that's, it's not something we had to like transition to. We just started. Yeah. There. So the only difference is now we're working on the same projects instead of different projects, but we've always sort of worked together. And then the other thing is we have separate parts of the business, really. Right? Like like your skits, you write and you come up here and you film them and you edit them and you post them and you know, all mm-hmm. of that stuff. And and I don't need to have any I don't need to get in there. And then you know, the stuff I'm doing, you don't need to get in there. So yeah. I think it makes it work. Works. You know. Just fine. Plus, plus the thing that really makes it work what? the most, do you know what it is? What is it? Is you're out of the house four days a week <sighs> yeah, at your real job. That's right. Yeah. Just get me out of here. <laughs> Leave. <laughs> uh, no, but it is good to have your, your you know, individual projects and spaces and yes. your joint projects. And spaces. Absolutely. And we, at times, like to talk with each other. Yeah. That's, al- that's also a good thing, right? Yeah. Considering it's a podcast. Right. A little audio heavy. Yes. Yeah. So that's good, right? Yeah. I think that that's, I don't know. Do you, do people like to hear us talk to each other? I guess that's the question. Let us know. Do you like, <laughs> we are now what, like seven months into this thing. Um, do you like it? Do you like hearing us talk to each other? Uh, Probably a question we should have asked you all months ago. Well, live and learn. Yes. I um, don't know. All right. We're not that interesting, but it did seem like um, Lindsay and Adrian's lives it seems seem much more really interesting. interesting. Absolutely, yes, they Man. seem fascinating. Every time we talk to them, I'm or you know her them, it's yeah. just uh, all sorts of things come up that you never could have predicted, and you just you know they always leave people wanting more. Absolutely, yeah. we heard a lot of comments after she was on the first time that she was a really fascinating guest. So hopefully people will like this episode just as much. Maybe can you maybe you should go and do like a, a PhD in like history or something. No thanks, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Okay. I'm, I'm all right. All right. Well, we have we have enough to talk about. But, you know. <laughs> 
It's not like a Houdini box and yeah. And I mean, we don't have and... right the same kind of decor. We need to step up our decor game. <laughs> we I feel do. like they <laughs> we do uh, more portraits of my characters. How about that? Mm. No, I mean, I already see your face all the time. All right, well, let's get to our guest. <laughs> So, Dr. Lindsay Fitzharris, best-selling author of The Butchering Art and The Face Maker, PhD in the History of Science and Medicine from Oxford University, prolific writer, uh, fascinating storyteller uh, all the way around. And then Adrian Thiel, as I mentioned, caricaturist, cartoonist. Uh, he has uh, appeared in numerous TV shows as well, including Spitting Image and Big Heads, which I think are like UK-based things, which is where... Yes, we talk a bit about um, yes. Spitting Image in particular. Absolutely. Uh, and so um, and uh, together, the two of them form quite a duo. So they do. let's get to it. Here is Dr. Lindsay Fitzharris and Adrian Teal. Today's episode is brought to you by the Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience, or DEX for short. This is AI-powered ambient technology that helps you be more efficient and reduce clinical documentation burden. To learn more about how DEX can help reduce burnout and restore the joy of practicing medicine, stick around after the episode or visit nuance.com slash discover DEX. That's N-U-A-N-C-E dot com slash discover D-A-X. Do you want to tell them or should I? You can. All right. We're telling our amazing story live in person. Oh, you mean the story where you died? Uh, no, the one where you survived me dying. Oh, yeah, right. We can't wait. We're going to be a meet and greet before each show. Uh, you can get a photo with us. You can meet us. We want to meet you. December 9th, 10th, and 11th in Southern California. We'll be at the Improv in Irvine, Ontario, and Oxnard. To buy tickets and check out the dates, go to glockandflucken.com slash live. And we have a special offer for our Patreon members, the Glock Flock, free meet and greet with a normal ticket. Just tell us your username and you're in. See you in Southern California. All right, we are here with uh, the one, the only, Dr. Lindsay Fitzharris and Adrian Teal, uh, who are both wearing uh, lovely masks here. Um, so we, <laughs> so Lindsay's here in a plague, uh, plague mask, plague doctor. plague doctor mask, and Adrian, uh, just your your classic, um, classic skeleton, death. yeah, classic death, <laughs> classic death. <laughs> Right and in here. fact, you know, I dragged him all around Venice buying different masks. Oh. And you said, what are we going to do with all these masks? Well, yeah. here it is. Now we know. Yeah, now yeah. we know. <laughs> well, yep. I, like already I, you're I getting your marital points in, aren't you? Really? Yeah. <laughs> I do see already a couple of masks in the background. Now, this is a different background yes. than you were on with us um, a few months ago. Uh, and you have some really cool uh, toys, uh, yeah. things. I, I don't know what you call the. the yeah, uh... that's true. I did. I did just call it the playground before we came on. Um, yeah. My, yeah. So we moved a couple months ago. We bought our first house, and the nightmare scenario was getting all of this into this house. And if you see, there's the Houdini box behind me, and I told you guys about this in the last episode. I had it in my garage. It was a prop from a TV show that I had hosted. And when the show was done, I said, what's going to happen to this Houdini box? They said, who cares? We're going to get rid of it. you know. And I said, no, send it to my house. So it was sitting in my old house in a garage for a very long time. I had this idea I was going to turn it into a, a bookshelf, didn't I, Aid? And um, we moved. And then the movers couldn't get it into the room. 
I mean, it was a real, and I, and I'm sure the neighbors were like, what are they trying to move into this house? They said, oh, can we bring it through the window? It took ages. So we finally had to saw it in half, which seemed oh really fitting for the Houdini box. It does. Yeah. 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 And then, and put <laughs> it back together. But it had to sit out in the garden, didn't it, for a couple of days yeah. with, with shrink wrap around it in case there was any rain. Because <laughs> yeah. although it's the Houdini tank that was used for the water torture trick. Yeah. It's still only oh made of gosh. wood, so you know we couldn't get it wet. So well, yeah. and the other yeah. part of it is the top comes off, and the top has like shackles. Yeah, it's really <laughs> kinky. <laughs> because he would have hung upside down, and he yeah. would have been, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure that the neighbors were like, it was "Who are these thing. people moving in?" But I persisted, yeah. and I think the payoff was worth it in the end. Well, now, I don't know if your neighborhood has a Facebook group associated with it, but if so, I bet you two were the talk of the yeah. of the group for several days. Nobody's uh, Adrian, knocked on our door. Now, Adrian, do you do you have any say in the decor at all no. in your in your house? <laughs> Wait a second. Well, no. only the stuff that I've done for Lindsay. So there's the, there's the Edgar uh-huh. Allan Poe caricature there, and I have to say, in Lindsay's yeah. defence, she said she said to me once when we, we when we, we I think we haven't been married that long. She said, "I want to fill the house with your artwork." And I said, yeah. "Really? You want to fill this house with my stuff?" And she said, "Yeah." And said, so one, "One day when we buy somewhere, I want to completely fill the house." So, Weird caricatures. And, and the last few years, I've been doing a lot of kind of really um, like the old style Hollywood vintage actors as caricatures in black and white. And she said, oh, that'd be great in the new place all up the stairs. So she's absolutely plastered the walls. There's so many All faces. the way up the staircase with all these vintage caricatures. So oh, I, that awesome. was very nice of her to do that. Yeah, so. and tell them, tell them how you did a caricature of me. Well, I actually drew, I actually drew Lindsay as a caricature before <laughs> I ever met her. Yeah, Kristen's, oh, Kristen's wow. very much like, that's risky. Well, well yeah. ball, ballsy, I think, Could is the word. Poorly. But, yeah. Um, but no, fortunately, she loved it. And... Uh, yeah, I don't know if I should tell this next bit. Right? Yeah, I think you should, yeah. Well, she said, Definitely. I've only ever had it done, no, I've had it done a couple of times before, but whenever I have it done, the caricaturists always draw me with really big boobs. <laughs> uh. So I kind of, I just went for it, you know? It just, I just went completely over the top. It's just all boob, so that caricature. It's just all boob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did, you, you, you guys sent me that, I, it was a yeah. caricature of you, I don't know if it's that the first one that... Um, I think that, it is. Adrian, Adrian yeah. you did. Yeah, it's great. It's awesome. <laughs> well... Yeah. Well, actually, it, it, uh, I'm I'm hoping your tech guys listening in here. <laughs> Rob, do you have what? Do you have that uh, little item on standby there? We we do, and uh, we're looking at it right now on our yeah. screen. But <laughs> we're going to whenever we. Uh, oh, there, there it is. is. We're, we're oh we're my up. goodness, that's not the one we thought oh, he no. was talking about. <laughs> I was I was not expecting that one. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Look oh, at that. Should we, should we That's, go now? Gosh. Should we yeah. just call it a day I now? look yeah. like Gollum. So, so we're, we're looking... <laughs> So we're looking at a a caricature that uh, Adrian, uh, well done by the yeah. way, of the the neurologist and Gollum. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gollum with mascara. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's it somehow is more terrifying. It's not oh, that's, Gollum. That's I awesome. think you look cute. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. That's my. That's there, good. Are, there are two, <laughs> two kinds of people: people who love caricature and people who are terrified yeah. of caricature. Kristen might I love be the it. one who's yeah. terrified of it. I feel it. like I've kind of ruined the atmosphere. Do you, no, you, no, 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 no. I what I what I think is so cool about your caricatures are usually it's like, oh, okay, I can kind of see that it's that person, but yours look 
yeah. like the person, well, even though I, they are so exaggerated. If I've done my job properly, they should kind of look more like the person than the person does themselves, really. It's yeah. kind of, there's a, there's a weird thing that goes on in the human brain where you actually, sometimes you can recognize people better from their caricature than you can yeah. necessarily recognize oh. them themselves. And also tell them about how politicians oh, start to look like their yeah, caricatures. Yeah, it's weird because you, when, you <laughs> when you get a new politician on the scene, it's, it takes... It takes the cartoonist, the political cartoonist, a few weeks to kind of figure out what these guys look like. And then somebody nails it, and then everybody starts to copy them. Yeah. And then a, a weird thing happens, which is that the politician starts to look like their cartoon <laughs> rather than the other way around. Like George W. Bush started to look like a chimp, right? Yeah, because Steve, <laughs> Steve, there's a newspaper over here, um, The Guardian, Steve Bell is the political cartoonist. He started drawing him as a chimp. Yeah. And then everybody started drawing him as a chimp. <laughs> and then everybody started saying, actually, yeah, George Bush looks like a chimp. <laughs> oh, yeah. I didn't realize you had so much power as a caricaturist. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is a powerful so thing. And That's in fact, awesome. he, he ruins faces all the time for me. Yeah. I'll say, you know, for instance, I'll, I'll use Will Smith as an example. I'll say, well, Will Smith, he's very handsome. And instantly you said his eyes are too far apart. And then you drew a caricature uh -huh. of Will Smith. And I was like, oh, my gosh, his eyes are a bit too far apart. So it's Yeah, see, so if I were you, Lindsay, I'd be like, what are you saying about my face <laughs> yeah. inside your head? Oh, I ask him all the time because I have a very round face. And I'll say to him, if I lost a dramatic amount of weight, would my face? And he goes, nope. It would just be round. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, it's just it. the structure. It's, it's your anatomy. It's, it's just not, the yeah. face. Yeah, yeah. I we have a giant a... square on my neck, so I, I understand. How, how did you, but I want to know how you got into doing caricatures. Yeah. I've like, always what? done it. I've, I, I can't remember yeah. a time when I didn't do it. When you were a kid. You... Yeah. I, I, oh, my, really? my father remembers vividly giving me a pencil when I was about 18 months old. And he said it was like watching a light bulb go off. It was just suddenly you realize you could make marks on a piece of paper. And you insulted kind of... your dad with a caricature. Yeah, yeah obviously. <laughs> but your dad um, was a pharmacist and he didn't know what to do with Adrian. And so he called, there was a really popular show in Britain called Spinning Image at the time. And they make these caricature puppets. It's kind of like, it's like SNL. Yeah. But it's SNL mm. with satirical puppets. So it's, it's caricature puppets of, you know, celebrities, politicians. And they make, they make fun in, in a topical way of what's going on in the world. And so, the, so yeah. your dad called the creators. Yeah, it was a hugely popular show, and my father phoned the the guys who who made the who made the puppets and said, "Look, I've got a son. I just, you know, his art teachers don't know what to do with him. He's fascinated by caricature and faces. Could he come in and see you?" And they said, "Yeah, that's no problem." So I used to go down, sort of maybe two or three times a year, from between the age of ten and sixteen, and they and they would set me little tasks, you know, and I'd do, you know, they'd say, "Well, let's let's do John Cleese or something, right?" So I'd do a little drawing, and then they'd get me sculpting and clay and everything, and I learned more in an hour with them than I ever learned with any art teacher I ever had. Yeah. And so during the pandemic, they revived the show over here. So we were all in lockdown and yeah. doing, you were doing ridiculous things. You were creating, you know, helping to create all these weird puppets. Yeah. There yeah. was Trump <laughs> and you had, you had yeah. the coronavirus. Yeah. We had the coronavirus puppet. Yeah. Tell them about fun. the design for the coronavirus. Well, the thing about the coronavirus was it, at the time, everybody was, was terrified of shaking hands with other people because, you know, of passing on the virus. <laughs> right. So what I came up with in the design was to have, so his eyes are sort of two, his eyes are on two of the spikes, you know, the protein spikes, mm -hmm. but also the rest of the protein spikes are little hands. <laughs> so he looks, and, and, and the reason they did that was because I did a little idea for a, a cartoon, which was, uh, remember, um, who was, who was Prince, Prince Charles, Charles, but is now King Charles. He caught COVID. And of course, as a royal, member of the royal family, you're always going around shaking people's hands, aren't you? So, you know, so I did a character of him <laughs> mm. shaking hands with the coronavirus and saying, well, what do you do? You know? 
that was kind of the trigger for that puppet. So that yeah, was I'm really it's on it's on the West End stage right now in London. I'm really hoping someday they give oh, you the really? coronavirus so that we could have that. You can hang it from the ceiling. It'd be perfect decor in oh, here. Yeah. Have that hanging in the yeah. office. <laughs> yeah, I have got to to commend you. You, I, I feel like I have this in common with Lindsay. It's just I am held in check more. <laughs> I love a good theme. Yes, and I feel like you, you went all the way all with your the theme, way. Yeah. and I it's can, yeah. amazing. Like you're just casually <laughs> sipping whatever you're drinking out oh, of yeah. a like plague doctor yeah, cup. Yeah, she's got mug. a plague doctor cup <laughs> yeah. uh, mug there. <laughs> Well, the children's awesome. book that, that we're going to talk about, Playbusters, yeah. was the perfect time for me to bring out the inner child as well. You know, last time we spoke, it was about the face maker. It was a serious topic. I had to have a serious mug. I couldn't have the Plague yeah. Doctor mug while talking about facial reconstruction during the First World War. So, And I actually just said to Aid, he's just got a glass, but we have another mug over there that he gave me that is Stephen King's It. Oh, yeah. And I said, you should have oh. been drinking out of that for the interview. Oh, that's I good. Yeah. 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 Miss, I think Halloween with you guys would be fun i yeah. know i'm trying to convince halloween, them but in sure. britain halloween isn't a big thing it's not so. as big a deal over here no yeah. to be honest but yeah well why yeah come on i know that's because they I haven't know. met you yet Lindsay. Well, they we, haven't seen what it can do be you, do you guys know what guy <laughs> fox day is have you ever heard yeah. of guy fox yeah. okay well yeah. i mean that's kind of creepier than halloween because oh, you yeah. actually reburn we burn catholics basically yeah, yeah. like you you reburn <laughs> oh, guy yeah. fox every yeah. year right when you stop and think about it <laughs> like, yeah. a, like an effigy then, of, uh -huh. yeah because yeah, they, they have, have like we a, have a big bonfire so what happens sort of from from late summer till sort of middle of autumn the local kids and all the everybody who's got like old chairs they don't want or old pallets or you know any bits of wood basically you build a on the, the nearest piece of green land you build a huge bonfire and then on oh. November the 5th, you put an effigy of God. This sounds terrible. <laughs> That's what I you mean. Put, you put an effigy of Guy Fawkes on top of the thing and you set fire to it, basically. That's, That's you know. way then, worse than Halloween. You think is, Halloween's yeah. such That's a strange true. holiday, but yeah. that is no, the strangest. And the kids are like... Yeah. The kids are like dancing around the bonfire. Well, and, yeah, you know. well they yeah. have little uh, sticks with Guy Fawkes hanging from it, too. Yeah, oh, perfect. I've definitely Very seen the sticks with the age appropriate. <laughs> so, so that's why we know that, that kids are going to like Playbusters. I think parents get yes. a little bit scared, right, about, you know, scary books. And this is scary in the sense that we're talking about diseases that it's, I think it's gruesome. we've largely been able to either eradicate or we can control now. But it's gruesome yeah. more than scary in some ways. And I yeah, think, and yes, I think because we can control them now, I think it helps temper yeah, the, definitely. the fear. Well, yeah. we can control most of them now, but, right? But um, but I mean, now anyway, I watched yeah. the intro to to my interview with you guys because you know you do the interview uh, the intro uh, later, and Kristen, you said that you don't like gruesome medical descriptions. <laughs> Which yeah. is hilarious that I've been on the show now twice. <laughs> I, I, I am the queen I gonna, of that. I was going to say, though, this is a book I can read. Yeah. Well, she, yeah. <laughs> it's like mean, not she's as, been reading it, and, yeah. and I, it seems like you're enjoying it, right? I do, yeah. I, think, I mean, obviously, it's for middle grade readers, but I think it's one of those that you can, like, read together as a parent with your kid, That's and right. both of you, you know, <laughs> yes. are enjoying it. It's kind of like a book version of a Disney movie, right? Where there's, I mean, it has nothing horrible things in common yeah. with Disney movies, <laughs> other than just it's kind of got things for everybody. But so. I, and I, I I gotta say the illustrations are fantastic. Yes, they're pretty um, hilarious. And yeah. it makes it even better to know that the plague doctor on the cover 
is uh, Lindsay, you were the, right. the model yes. for that. Is that right? That is right. Yeah. And actually, we'll we'll hold up the book because we have to do this because we're freelancers. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. If, yeah, you, if you can see, you can see the plague doctor and he's surrounded by dancing plague rats. And what's funny yes. about this cover was that we had a we had a different idea originally. And the idea was that it would be the plague doctor looking into a crystal ball and all of these viruses would be floating, which seemed really ominous to me coming out of a pandemic. Like, what's the next big thing? Gonna <laughs> yeah, be? really. But our publisher said, well, magic balls don't really, crystal balls don't really exist. Yeah, it seems fantastical, but dancing plague yeah. rats are fine, apparently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was kind of Have weird. you ever including, been in New York City? Yeah. Including <laughs> giant, yeah. giant bacteria and viruses <laughs> with faces on them, too. Yeah, so. exactly. That's yeah funny. those are fine. Yeah. Totally yeah, realistic, but yeah. Funny. So it was it was a few days after I think I might have I said this on, on the last interview too. It was a few days after I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I've come through that all fine. My I know that you guys are all in your PSAs about get your checks. So I'm the boob one. <laughs> get yeah. your boobs checked. <laughs> um, but but it was a couple days after that, and we and it, it's, it was still kind of grim in the household. But yeah. you said, look. I ordered this monk's outfit off Amazon. I need you to put this on. I need you to put the plague mask on and you need to pose. So I have a reference here. So that that really is the show must you, go on. She went above and beyond the call of duty there, I have yeah. to say. But it, was a light, it was a light moment at a dark hour, wasn't it? So, it was. Yeah. Right. You need those. I well, mean, we're I, Well, I look, <laughs> we're at, I look at the cover and I'm like, that's Lindsay right there. Yeah. Look at that. I mean, it's just, just a spitting image. It's Obviously. Absolutely. It's a spitting image. <laughs> I know. I mean, imagine be taking the mask off and it's just this blonde <laughs> laughing woman underneath yeah. that. But, but for those listening, actually, I, I, I should say that if you aren't familiar with the plague doctor, which is hard to believe because, you know, again, coming through the pandemic, this image was just being shared on social media everywhere. But if you don't know what it looks like, basically the plague doctor in earlier centuries would wear this beaked mask. And the idea was that he thought that disease was caused by something called miasma, which is kind of like bad odors. So people in the past believed if something smelled bad, it probably was going to kill you, which kind of makes sense because the slums would have smelled bad and there would have been a lot of disease in the slums. So they would put this beaked mask on and they would stuff it full of sweet smelling or strong smelling herbs. Herbs. <laughs> we always have a disagreement yeah. about yeah. pronunciation. <laughs> and, um, and that would protect them. But, you know, it's, it's a weird thing because they also covered themselves from head to toe. I actually have another impractical thing I picked up in Venice. Venice that purchase. A, a plague doctor puppet, <laughs> marionette puppet. Oh but as oh you see, goodness. he's wearing, you know, this full jacket and he would have been wearing gloves. So in a weird way, we said in the book, it was kind of like an early hazmat. Yeah. So yeah. it probably did offer yeah. some kind of protection. It, yeah, it did work. It just didn't know what. Yeah. And there were weird things that we found out in Plague Busters that, that sounded completely outrageous, but then ended up actually having some kind of basis of work. Yeah, this this was the, the one that, that I find extraordinary is that is it uh, when we put in the smallpox chapter. And this was an idea that was kicking around from sort of the late Middle Ages, which is that if you've got smallpox, the best thing you can do is surround yourself with the color red. Okay, so when Queen Elizabeth I of England had smallpox, they said her doctor said, completely cover yourself head to foot in red cloth. <laughs> and people were told to eat red food, it, it being red, red rooms, oh red light with red curtains. It was just red, 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 just, just surround yourself with red. And 
weirdly, it, it did have a beneficial effect and it didn't actually cure smallpox. But there was a guy in the late 19th century, I think he was Swiss, I think Swiss or Swedish, I can't remember, but he did some research into this and he found that red light, it doesn't cure smallpox, but what it does is it can tackle the inflammation and it can promote the production of collagen in the cells, which is the stuff that mm. you know knits you together. So it's like so, an early LED face mask. Yeah. So <laughs> yes. they have those now. Same thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it don't. It, it will stop the the pustules from scarring because it will help them to to sort themselves out. And I, actually, I believe as well that oh, red light is good at fighting certain types of bacteria. Yeah. So sort of mm. secondary infection, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it was good with that. But um, I do like how you said it doesn't cure smallpox. Like, spoiler alert. Well, yeah, you know. <laughs> That's the <laughs> right. vaccine. And I, that, that helps yeah, with yeah. that. So yeah, yeah. Just, just extraordinary that somebody stumbled across something that actually did some good, you know. Yeah. yeah. So obviously, Adrian, it, it sounds like you have actually learned. You like have a little mini PhD in like <laughs> in medical, medical history, history yeah. here. I'm sure you've I'm sure you've picked up a lot of stuff. But as you were going through illustrating this this book, uh, which which of these plagues? I'm curious. Did you did you enjoy oh, kind of well, illustrating the most? It, it's not Lindsay. It's not. <laughs> I know. I'm favorite. shaking my. I know. I can't even believe it's in the book because it's such a weird one, but it's scurvy. <laughs> and, and I love scurvy because But explain first of all, explain to listeners what scurvy is, because it's not something we even think mm -hmm. about it's, today. Is it's it? basically vitamin right. C vitamin C deficiency. Uh, human beings For the Americans there, that's vitamin C. Yeah. Vitamin yeah, <laughs> yeah we thank you. <laughs> <laughs> like Peter Griffin then, isn't it? Sure. Um, <laughs> it's vitamin C, Lois. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It, it's um, it's a it's vitamin C deficiency, and humans can't synthesize vitamins. One of the few animals that that can't synthesize vitamin C. So again, it's back to collagen. If you can't get the vitamin C, you, you basically you fall apart. But it happens over a long period of time. Unlike a lot of the the plagues in this book that will kill you sometimes over a few days, scurvy would take weeks or sometimes months to kill you. And because I love maritime history, and because it was something that affected sailors a lot because they're away from, you know, fresh food. Um, yeah, I just, it's just fascinating. It's just a fascinating area of history. And it I took mean, a long time to sort out why this was happening. We let it in the book, but I think it's, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think there are I, scarier diseases than scurvy. Yeah, I was going to ask. I was gonna, Well, first of all, I want to say I, I've actually, I, I've seen a patient. Of all the, the, um, really? uh, the plagues that you put in there, I think I only personally saw, have seen one patient with one of those plagues and it was scurvy. So, wow. yeah, I, I think when you see it nowadays, it's usually obviously people are very malnourished. Uh, the patient I had was uh, and this was like 10 plus years ago was um, alcoholic. So severe alcoholism and uh, just hadn't been eating, you know, really anything of substance and had, you know, bleeding gums and kind of bleed, you know, just the kind of very classic, uh, strange, you know, bleeding diathesis. And, Did you know and, what it was right away? I didn't. Oh, well, I su I suspected it, and I, that's one of my of uh, you know you know pat yourself on the back moments that you have in uh, medical training <laughs> at times. Whenever you you know you you somehow come up no with the right answer because no one's thinking about that. No. But <laughs> but again, I had I was an intern, so I had just finished all of my med school, and so I had this huge wealth of yeah. knowledge. <laughs> smartest you'll ever be. The smartest I've ever been in my life. Uh, and so I was able to like, oh, bleeding gums, like a very like malnourished person, like 
could this be a <laughs> vitamin C deficiency? And we checked the levels and it was dangerously low. That's and so, because it's one of those yeah, diseases, so it's it was, like, it's like rickets or leprosy or, yeah. or gout, you know, well, Hansen's disease now, they gout, call it Hansen's yeah. disease. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's one of those things that you think has been consigned to the, you know, the dumpster of history, right. but it's, it's, you know, it's obviously making a like comeback. Every now and then it, it pops up. Well, yeah. but just what like were syphilis the, were, is making a comeback, right? Yeah. I feel like syphilis is always making a comeback. Or super gonorrhea now? Isn't that like a thing where there's like a gonorrhea strain of gonorrhea that sounds like the worst superhero ever? It does. Super gonorrhea, man. Certain kinds of antibiotics. So yeah, it's it's coming. I want to know what what plagues were on the cutting floor here. Like what did you what did you have to leave out? out leprosy because mostly because there's you have to talk a lot about religion yeah and we worried mm-hmm. a little bit about that um going into yeah. a u.s audience and that i kind mean because if, if stuff was left out it was often as well purely for reasons of space wasn't it because yeah you can only do in a, yeah. you've only got with a children's book like this you've only got twenty five thousand words to work with so you have to really cherry pick the ones that are going to give you the best stories. I mean, we could have talked the about... The best nightmares. The best nightmares. <laughs> we could have talked yeah. about, you know, malaria or yeah. typhus or, you know, there's a host of others, but we just picked the ones that we thought we could yeah, tell Yeah, and the other thing is that sometimes uh, these diseases were more or less the same story over and over again, like a vaccine right. was developed. So we wanted there to be, a, you know, a variety in that sense. Yeah. But going back to identifying scurvy, it's interesting because some of these diseases, for instance, if, if they did appear in a hospital... One has to wonder how quickly it would be identified because that reminds me of a story of one of the last people to die of smallpox in Britain. She was a medical photographer, if I remember correctly. And um, there was a sample of smallpox being kept at the hospital and she caught it. And she went, she ended up in that same hospital and they did actually identify it quite quickly. They put her in isolation, but she had given it to her mother at the same time. Her mother ended up in the hospital as well. Um, They both developed hideous uh, scarring from the smallpox. The father went to visit them and he died of a heart attack from the stress of the situation. And then they died as well. And it was only after this incident that the WHO decided nobody gets to have this stuff um, locked away, it, it, except for the CDC and a lab in the Soviet Union, which was <laughs> really badly. Oh, great! Yeah. <laughs> and actually, we don't know where that sample went, if I if I remember correctly. So, I mean, we have DNA sequences, so I guess we could just replicate yeah. it anyway. I mean, there's all kinds of scary things about smallpox because. Um, it's the only human virus we've ever fully eradicated, which is incredible. But it also yeah. means that nobody has any kind of immunity. We're not vaccinating, of course, against it because it doesn't exist anymore. I believe that there probably are um, people listening who are in the military who have had to have the smallpox, smallpox vaccine. Sometimes people will tell me this on Instagram that they've had it. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, you know, we're not vaccinating against it. So it's one of those scary diseases that if it did come back, you know, yeah. I wonder if doctors would even recognize it um, or recognize it quickly enough because it's so contagious. Well, it's right. it's in the safe hands with the Soviet the government Union. and the Soviet Union. Yeah. That's good. It's yeah. gonna it's what, gonna fall out so, of a window. So those soon. are really those are the only two only two places that that has a sample well i i believe there was a news article recently i think it was in the last five years that somebody found a sample in a lab in the u.s in a freezer just like smallpox was just hanging out in this freezer <laughs> it's, it's a little vile just yeah. smallpox and and they 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 
like, oh shit. And um, <laughs> there's a whole protocol to destroying it. So it ha- there's a, like people from the WHO have to witness it. So there, it's like a whole process that everybody has to come and witness the destruction of the sample. Uh, but I, I don't remember fully, but I do remember there being this kind of article about somebody found smallpox hanging out in a freezer and uh, everybody kind of freaked out, and you know, but but I bet yeah, there's someone out looking for their smallpox sample they left in the freezer. <laughs> Who left this here? You know, yeah. and I and I want also yeah. for me, smallpox is the scariest disease that we cover um, because mm. one teaspoon of smallpox is enough to kill every man, woman, and child on the face of the earth. It's incredibly toxic, uh, you know, disease, yeah. and also the way it manifests itself. People kind of now, because we haven't seen it in modern times, think of it as chickenpox. It's really not like chickenpox. Um, it's incredibly disfiguring, which is why it was feared so much in the past as well, even though things like bubonic plague, for instance, sometimes had a higher mortality rate. Uh, but but smallpox was very disfiguring, and that really kind of struck fear into people's hearts. But we opened the Plague Buster chapter on smallpox with one of my favorite stories in the history of medicine, which is takes place at Newgate Prison, which was the most disgusting prison on the face of the earth in the 18th century. And you have this surgeon named Charles Matlin, and he is walking through Newgate Prison, and he is carrying one of the deadliest viruses on earth. He's carrying a sample of the smallpox, and he is going to try to inoculate prisoners who have been condemned to die. And the gamble is if they agree to do it and the inoculation works, they get to walk free. So the stakes really couldn't be higher. And I just love this story. It's like the worst game show ever. (laughs) It is the worst. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Really? You think that would pass the IRB? I, not no. These I don't days. think that could happen no. these days. Yeah. Well, that's the <laughs> other thing. Like so much of what we cover in in Playbusters, I mean, ethically, oh, would never stand yeah, up. No. Um, it mostly right. to do with orphans, wasn't it? Yeah. It mostly, it mostly to do with <laughs> children yeah. and orphans. It's not and, good. Um, yeah. But you know, I mean, it has to be acknowledged that that these experiments took place, and they were they were unethical to our standards today. But they did take place, and they did advance medicine on some level. But there were, and in fact, Aid, we could probably announce. Do you want to say what the next book is going to be? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've got another one lined up for kids, and it's called Dead Ends, and we're writing it at the moment. And it's about uh, medical history's failures, basically, and how some failures. I love that. Some failures were just that were just failures, and <laughs> were just terrible. Ones. And you know, we should we should try to forget them, really. But we're <laughs> digging them back up again. But some of them were also uh, failures that were just problems on the way to success basically yeah. so very often good things come out of terrible things and that's right. kind of the thing that the, in a nutshell that's yeah. the theme of the book isn't it? and one thing that can we you, won't can you be give ta- us an example well we won't be talking about this in the children's book but it is a fun yeah. example for the adult listeners and some of the adult listeners you're, you're going to know this story but if you don't kellogg's cornflakes oh, yeah. were invented <laughs> to stop you from masturbating um so <laughs> we have we have a little prop that aid had made for me a while ago Fitz's corn fakes because on my youtube channel we couldn't actually put a kellogg's corn flakes box and we didn't want to get sued gotcha. right but their lawyers are bigger than our lawyers right <laughs> yeah, yeah. What happened I imagine. Was dr kellogg in the 19th century he was obsessed with masturbation he thought it led to all kinds of problems and he wanted to stop people so he thought creating a uh like a biscuit or essentially bland food yeah, right. bland food. You didn't want to heat up the passions in the body. <laughs> <laughs> 
So he created the cornflake. Now, what happened was his brother came along and was like, you know what would be great? Sugar in the cornflakes. And they had this massive falling out because, you know, Dr. Kellogg was like, no, everybody will just masturbate all the time if there's sugar <laughs> in the cornflakes. <laughs> of course. <laughs> terrible. Who wants to see that? Yeah. So uh, I, I believe there was a big falling out, and I believe the brother won, and that became the commercial cornflakes that we all love. But the original origins of cornflakes was because Dr. Kellogg was obsessed with this. So um, that's not good. That is not going in the book. Uh, parents, <laughs> do not yeah. worry, but nice. we thought we'd share that for you guys. That's a, it's a good bit of trivia. <laughs> it's a yeah. Good bit of trivia. Oh, my goodness. Um, I don't, do we have cornflakes in the house? I don't think so. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> but, I mean, not we're, anymore. We're starting, and actually, Will, one of the, I remember last time we spoke, you were upset that I didn't come up with more eyeball facts, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I got some eyeball facts for you. I've been Ooh, seething about prepared. it. I've, I've been, I've, <laughs> yeah, he mentions it every night before it. bed. He's muttering about and it. Actually, uh, I, I wanted to show you, uh, this is the most romantic thing Adrian has ever bought me is a, is a ring. I don't know if you can see that. Oh, yeah. Here it goes. Made out of a prosthetic oh. eye. <laughs> It's actually the oh, same color as your eye, too big, isn't it? So that's why, yeah, it's the your, same your color as my eye. That's really... saying you've only got one eye. Eyes, I <laughs> yes. should say. It's the same color as your eyes. Um, but here's, here's the weird story I wanted to tell you. So have you ever heard of any, this thing called optography in the 19th century? You may have. Optography. Mm, I've never heard that term. Okay. So, Describe what it is. I may have heard it, though. So in the 19th century, the late 19th century, after the advent of photography, there was this theory that the eyeball could record the last image a person saw, like a camera. And yeah, yeah. in fact, when Jack the Ripper began killing in 1888, they even tried this out. They thought perhaps if someone was murdered, they would have seen their murderer and we could get this information from the eyeballs. And this became such a... a you know, widespread belief that murderers would actually remove the eyeballs of their victims to prevent this information <laughs> from being taken from the eyes. So that's my weird eye fact. Wow. For you. Does Smart. that make up for it? Yeah. <laughs> they made it. They, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's a good I, one. That's really good. They they made a, I think they made a Black Mirror episode. Uh, oh, like, really? Based on that. Yeah. Yeah. The Netflix show. Um, it's like set in modern days where yeah. that is actually a thing that they can do. Well, they can you know, tap into a dead person's Whenever I, I post right about this um, on Instagram or on social media, inevitably there are people who say, so does it work? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I had to kind of like, I know, the internet. Like it's <laughs> it's just potentially plausible. Like right, if, it yeah. sounds you know, believable it sounds enough. Kind of believable yeah. if, if you if someone like you uh, talks about it with enough like authority and like uh, <laughs> let's conviction. Start, let's start. You a could rumor. convince it. Yeah. Yeah. On this there we podcast. go. You could start yeah. a whole other podcast where it's just like that's right weird medical rumors and see how fast it like comes back to you at the hospital. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, probably uh, pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's let's take a quick break. Let's take a break. It will be right back with Doctor Fitzharris and Adrian Teal. Uh, hey, Kristen, what do you got there? Oh, this? Oh, well, you may not know this as an ophthalmologist, but uh, this is called a stethoscope. Yeah, I know what a stethoscope is. I also know it's supposed to go in your ears and not sitting on top of your headphones. No, I like it better this way. Besides, this is not just any stethoscope. Mm. This is the Echo Core 500 digital stethoscope uh, with three lead ECG. I've heard about these things. Yeah. 40 times noise amplification, right. noise cancellation, mm -hmm. three audio filter modes, you know it. and a full color display. Yeah, buddy. 60 hours of battery life, too. That's right. Everybody loves a good battery life, and it's durable. 
That's right. Awesome. We have a special offer for our audience here in the U.S. Learn more at echohealth.com slash KKH. That's ekohealth.com slash KKH and use code NOC50 for a 75-day risk-free trial and a free case and free shipping to the continental U.S. to get your core 500 stethoscope. Kristen, do you remember when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life after training? I do. Eventually, I decided on private practice, and it was the best decision I have ever made. Hey. Okay. Glock and Flecken was probably the first. Very funny. But it's really hard to start your own private practice. It is, especially in today's world. And that's why Independent Practice Partners is there. They want to help you start your own practice, and they will ensure that your practice doesn't just survive but thrives. To find out more, go to ipracticepartners.com. Again, that's the letter I, practicepartners.com. <laughs> well, what I thought we could do is, um, uh, it's a game that you it's gonna a lot of people will relate to. It's ba- it's the newlywed game. We're gonna play the new since we got Uh-oh. you guys. We got a couple here, and. <laughs> And so what I've learned is that we, you learn a lot about your, your spouse, you know, when you work together, you guys that now you've been working together. Right. And yeah. so let's see I'll just how well, so this will show just how well we, you know, we know each other, you guys know each other. So I'm going to read, wait, 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 wait. do we need to get like paper? Well, I figure what we could do is just, we go question by question. So I'll ask the question and then. The person who's supposed to answer will answer, and then we just immediately decide, okay, what's the actual answer? Okay. Right, let's just do it. Let's do it. <laughs> Anyone else follow yeah, that? Just, tr- trust me. Trust me on this, okay? Okay. He's got, Here's the he's first got a question. Plan. Okay. Here's All the, right. Yeah, you, you'll, it'll make sense here. All right, first question. What are Adrian and Will's favorite diseases? Oh, well, scurvy. Mm. So, so Lindsay has to answer for Adrian, and you answer for me. Pseudomonas. I think you're right. I think you're right because I, 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 like I talk how, about it a lot. Don't yeah, I? yeah. You went into I this without knowing the answer, Will. That's what's fascinating. You're like, yeah, that yeah, might be it. <laughs> she makes a good point. Uh, <laughs> She's convinced me. But this is how our lives go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Let's do the next one. Okay. All right. Who is more likely to get lost while driving? Oh. <laughs> So you guys, this is going to be easy you can... for you. Well, Adrian, you see, what do you think? I, mm, I think it's me. I don't even drive no, in this but... country. I don't even. <laughs> and, that's, and that's why it's me. <laughs> well, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, it's a good, good point. point. Yeah, I, I've never I gotten think... my UK driver's license, so. I think I would choose me. Yeah, I would choose you too. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. You, you. Here's the thing, I do. I have a pretty good sense of direction, and so I usually know where to go, but on the off chance, you know, occasionally it happens that I get turned around, and so I ask him what he thinks, and then I do the opposite, and that has never failed me. (laughs) That is good. (laughs) All right, next question. What creature do Lindsay and Kristen fear the most? This is maybe hard for Lindsay, because I I can't imagine you anything (laughs) scares you. Yeah, fearing some creatures. So, Adrian, what creature does, (sighs) does Lindsay fear the most? Well, you see... A few years ago, do ex-husbands count? (laughs) Oh yeah. A few years ago, I'd have said said spiders, but I've kind of brought you around to spiders. Yeah, you have. We name them now. I I I know what it is. I know, and I can't I can't remember the name. But there's a species of bird 
that looks terrifyingly almost... oh i know what he's talking about it's horrible is it, it's, is it called like an eagle vulture or something like i can't remember it but looks it's, like it's, a man in a bird it looks suit. like a man in a <laughs> yeah. bird suit. have you seen this this thing oh my god no i, I mean i've fun. seen some vultures that fit that description, i think i've though, seen so i kind of know, know what you're talking about, about. Yeah. or those giant bats too yeah really like, anything giant anything giant with wings yeah yeah. 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 yeah 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 it's fair for us it's it's easy it's oh, spiders yeah. oh yeah Oh, really? Yeah, well, he yeah. cured me of it by making me feel bad about killing them. So now we name them. Because yeah. if they have names, you can't kill them. Yeah. You still kill them. Oh, I'll kill them. <laughs> I'll kill them. I'll kill their children. I'll kill all their whole family. She does not. We do. I've got like a full-blown phobia. I have nightmares about them where I like, they're crawling all over me. And I'm like in that stage of sleep where you're like paralyzed. And so I'm in my dream, I'm screaming, right? But then in real life, I'm also trying to scream, but my mouth won't open. So I just end up going, wakes him up. That's right. Yeah. You don't know what you're walking into. I thought he was going to say basically anybody who's on Dateline who's a murderer because yeah. I, I watch so much Dateline <laughs> yeah. and I know that there's going to be a lot of women because it seems to be like women especially and I've yeah. watched so much of it that he did a caricature of Keith Morrison for me for my birthday that was like a big <laughs> no, Christmas or Christmas, Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and yeah. and I'll, I'll send it to you guys but in the caricature there's like a body in oh, the background yeah. And tell them initially. Well, I painted it as a surprise. She was in America when I was painting. I had to do it quite quickly because she wasn't away that long. And I, I very quickly painted in this body in the background with, a, you know, the police tape around it and everything. And I, I came back to it the next morning. I looked at it. I thought, hang on a second. That body is too small. It looks like a dead child. Which, <laughs> which would be, is, oh, no. which would be too, too far yeah. a step even for Lindsay. I know. So you had, so had, you had to, to elongate the body and make sure it looked like a dental <laughs> yeah. in the background. But we have Keith Morrison hanging up in the house as well. Oh, that's oh, funny. Awesome. All right. I got a couple more questions. Who's a bigger baby when they're mildly sick with a cold? Oh, me. You, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Man yeah, flu, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Me? Yeah. <laughs> I think I, like, I disagree I, with her on that. I, I live with a chronic pain <laughs> illness, and I have just, that's just, and I've had two babies and you know women live with a lot of pain you just yeah. sort of push yeah, I, through that is true. when i get a cold i insist that Lindsay has monks outside singing masses in my name and i have to say when with the breast cancer um one of my first consultations with my surgeon in london he started drawing all over me and at one point adrian was standing in the corner and he said oh it's kind of like what i do and yeah. my surgeon was like, oh, are you a surgeon? I was like, no, no, he's not a surgeon. He doesn't do anything <laughs> important in life. It was about aesthetics. But it? yeah, he was like, oh, it's about exaggerating one thing. And I was like, we, my, my tits are out. Like, let's not have this conversation. But he and, and my surgeon have sort of bonded. And it's like every time, you know, I, right before I went into surgery, and here's another weird thing. I don't think they do this in the U.S., um, but you could probably tell me well they made me walk into the operating theater for yeah um sometimes they'll do that for like outpatient procedures but like an eight-hour breast um, surgery like if that, that, that seems a little 
unusual. Yeah, they, I, they said we. If we you, do it. We, yeah, yeah we do it for cataract surgery, but that's like a that's six not minute the surgery. Same. And so, so I, I, I don't know. That's yeah. So yeah. it felt yeah. like going. Did they run out of? It did, no, did no, they it's, run out of it's something they wheelchair? said. You know, it's like uh, it, this it's, is Britain, damn it. You suck it up <laughs> you're gonna suck it up and go up. But they said if you can, we just we prefer if you walk up. This, you know. So we had to kind of part ways as as I was going into the operating theater, which was was kind of you know grim um but our hospital was so posh it was the king edward the seventh hospital where the royal family are, are treated and they had like this like lockdown and they were like you could only go in if you had an appointment and they had like a porter who showed us to the room oh, yeah. and the guy was really a nervous he was very nervous and he was making me nervous and then he was kind of doing things like pointing out obvious about well this is the window yeah <laughs> yeah oh, and thank you so thank you. so when he left eight said was I supposed to tip that guy? And I was like, no, I don't think so. It was, it was a very weird. It was an awkward interaction. It was awkward. But but as my surgeon was preparing me, he and and Aid were bonding over their love of old films. And you were doing your Jimmy Stewart impression, which yeah. do you do. Well, well, now, wait a minute here. <laughs> we, both, we both love old films and we both love jaws right so we're basically we're talking yeah. about jaws as you're having your boobs yeah and i was you know and i'm going into this massive <laughs> surgery and they're just like you know talking about this weird yeah. so yeah. it kind of it helped keep things light which you know as you guys nice. said is is important when you're going yeah. through that Very important yeah sorry so, about the uh, adrian <laughs> so so Adrian, when you're sick, does Lindsay put on the the plague doctor mask? Mm, good question. <laughs> yeah, I should. Yeah, you should. You're, yeah. you're rarely it's... sick though. You're actually very no, robust. On the nose. No, so he never got COVID. Like that's bizarre. Oh wow. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Superhuman. Well, we never leave the All house right. either, so that's no. well, that helps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That helps. Why would you? you? Got everything you need in that yeah, house. Exactly. A Houdini <laughs> box. Uh, you Can you else? leave the house? Are you <laughs> locked in? Blink twice if you need yeah. help. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last last question. Last question here. Uh, what are Adrian or Will's uh, guilty pleasure TV series or movie? You're never going to get this. I'm not. No, because it's so obscure, and you're not even going to know what it is. And also, you probably <laughs> <laughs> and you probably watch it when I'm like not here, oh, like yeah, on book yeah. tours and. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I now that you've <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, where are we going with this? Like, I mean, now that you've set me up, that I'm not going to know. Can you give me a hint? Is it is it British? Ian McShane's in it. Oh, it's um going to be that weird show I hate about. He's the antique dealer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is it called again? Love Joy. Love Joy. It is the stupidest show ever. Every time it's, it's on, I'm like, are you serious? This is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> love joy yeah. it's like you know deadwood okay. you know deadwood was like this really gritty uh -huh. show it's yeah. the polar opposite yeah. exactly yeah. yeah this was at the beginning Aww. of his career he was he yeah. played an, a, a british antique seller and he got into like scrapes scrapes <laughs> like, that was kind of like it was it was that time you know remember nice. murder she wrote like all these kind yeah. of weird shows but were oh, this is yeah, from yeah. the woman who yeah. loves golden girls so this i is do like, love golden love girls. joy is yeah. my golden well you just gave away you just gave away my guilty pleasure yeah murder she wrote really no i no, I'm no. just kidding. I'm just kidding. Wow, that's, I, that's, that's a little. I don't know what your guilty pleasure show would be because you just watch all the. It, basically, if it makes you feel terrible about humanity, he loves it. Oh, that's yeah. his. That's his genre. Oh, yeah, I'm a big so fan of like the post post apocalyptic. Yeah, yeah, like, and just I don't know. people doing horrible things to each other, and I don't. I don't know. But I. So the only I got to. I got to. 
I got to go movies. So the only the, there's two that are coming to mind, and it. So I'm gonna say either Homeward Bound or Marley and Me. Oh my God, Homeward <laughs> Bound is really sad. Those are <laughs> those, are, those are not pleasurable experiences. <laughs> I I that that was Marley and me was one of the only movies that made me like legitimately cry. That's the only time I've seen him cry at a movie was Marley and me. That's just a sad sad movie. I'll never watch it again. Okay, so I don't, honestly bound don't is what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know if I have any like true like I know you guilty pleasure. you are very consistent in what you watch and it's I, all that I mean, I will. Stuff. I've watched every episode of Seinfeld like um, thousands yeah, of but times, that, but that's that, not like you don't a guilty, guilty pleasure. About that, yeah, that's like know. a classic. I, uh, I, I love. One time, I found myself watching Gilmore Girls. Oh. <laughs> that is a guilty pleasure. Then, that's yeah, cool. that's cool. weird. I, it wasn't bad. It's good writing. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I don't really see why any ple- uh, any pleasure should be. Guilty I mean, I I love within certain legal parameters. He knows whenever there's a documentary that drops about Everest. I mean, the higher the body count oh yeah the better yeah. i am in yeah. i love the dis- like those kind of disasters watching it i forget documentaries. which one it was but i was watching a sitcom the other day and somebody was, and it was reading a book about everest and they said wow rich people sure do love to find weird ways to die <laughs> yeah yeah it's just, <laughs> it is it's just fascinating to me why would you ever risk going up that mountain but well, i, I and i and i it doesn't even yeah. it's not even just documentaries i read books about this stuff i just it's fast and the fact that the bodies are still up there i mean imagine it's just insane yeah. to me. So that's that's definitely my guilty pleasure. What's yours, Kristen? Doesn't doesn't surprise me about you, Lindsay. <laughs> no. Yeah, that checks out. <laughs> I don't know what mine would be. I don't know. Um see, the thing with all these types of shows is that's that's just always what's playing in my head anyway. I have anxiety. So I'm always <laughs> looking at like all the things that can go wrong and the ways all my loved Chris, ones can die. Kristen, and, Kristen yeah. is the type of person like I I I kind of like kind of dark, uh, you know. You know, yeah, I like horror movies. I like thrillers. I like right. that kind of. Kristen is the type of person who will read the end of a book to make sure she likes the ending oh before she actually reads the book. Because I can't take the suspense. It's too much. But what's it's too fascinating? Much. It, what's it so fascinating about you is you jumped into you know rescue mode in one of the most anxiety-producing moments. That is part of why I was so good at that. And I am. I am good in an emergency. And it's probably because I've run through all of them in my head already. I already know where to go. I know where the exits are. I know all the... I've I've already prepared. I've got the stuff. I didn't have an AED at the time. That was a mistake. But I do have one now. (laughs) She's she's like on her way to becoming a doomsday prepper. I, yeah, I could comfortably <laughs> slip into that, I think, like, if I if needed it was, to. Yeah. If it was logistically possible to build like You'd a, want me on a, your team. a bomb yeah. shelter yeah. in our backyard, like Every it, it would have been done already. Every scenario you think of. I have a friend named Kate So, and she's a disaster planner. And honestly, she's the best person to know because any scenario I throw at her, she's going to have a solution almost instantly because yeah. like you, Kristen, right. she's already thought about the worst case, you know, what, whatever That's right. I've terrible got thing's going to happen. Fire blankets. I'm not yeah. kidding you. These are true facts. Fire blankets. I've got sandbags. I've got one of those choking devices where you, you can like sandbags? Yeah, we got sandbags. Where the hell did you put the sandbags? I've got entire bags full of like dehydrated food and like the the water filter things so that you can just stick it in the ground and like filter any ground. This I've is got the it most all. animated that she's been in quite a while talking about all her preparatory I things. I like how you didn't know about any of this too. Uh, <laughs> oh, some yeah. of them I don't. So she just <laughs> does it. Gets, gets, you know. You have like, a, you have, you have a 
we're ready. You have a full atomic bomb shelter. We're, <laughs> we're, we're ready. I would like one. Yeah. For the, for can zombie, we have that? Uh, for the that's right. Yeah. I mean, can you go yes. see movies like Oppenheimer, or is that just like it's just too much? She doesn't no, go to I, movies. It's period. hard to go to movies for me. I don't like crowded spaces. <laughs> Coming off really horribly in this episode. I spent ever since the the so I blame I blame him partially. Yeah, because it was the the shooting when the Dark Knight came out. Oh, yeah, and that wasn't the first one, but that one for some reason really stuck with me. And then he wanted to go see the Dark Knight like a few days later. And I was still trying, yeah, like, it was still fresh. And so I was trying to, like, be a good wife and, and, you know, he he needed somebody to go see it with. I got to the theater, we went in, we sat down, and I was like, I can't do it. And I left, and I just went to, like, the nearest, like, Barnes & Noble or something and just waited. you have gone to see a movie since that shooting? I have a few, but it's always very hard. I have to, like work but we saw we saw the barbie we saw yes. barbie no you saw the barbie. the barbie i mean the movie. thing is the thing is like a being british doesn't understand that americans think about guns a lot like we think we, yeah. we think about it yes and this yeah. became very clear because when we were in washington dc we were coming out of magianos and a guy in fatigues and a ski mask walks past us and into the restaurant now me i'm from chicago i'm halfway down the street i'm like it's go time let's yep. get out of here right yep. he's still standing there like is this really happening well, it was like an anthropological moment <laughs> to me really i was like, this <laughs> like, is interesting is this the end of the story yeah, right. is the guy came out with, with a pizza. pizza box i guess he was going on to another mass shooting or i don't know what the fatigue <laughs> yeah. but the other thing we learned was that americans were wearing this this covid mask like it looks like I hadn't seen him in Britain. It looked like a full right. face. It looked like a ski mask mm. to me. But, but I guess it was black, like, wasn't he? He looked like he was yeah. ready for combat. American. My mind is like you know. I mean, yeah, right. Yeah. The That's character is getting about. shot in the face is not a good end <laughs> to the obituary. So it's I told them when we go to America, just follow my lead. If I'm running yeah. down the road like that, right? You need to follow yeah, me. you're not so, going to have those internal alarm bells. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I totally get the disaster planning but having now lived in britain for over 20 years i have to admit i don't think about it as much so when i go back to the u.s i'm always fascinated that you know this is this is a real big part of everybody's life and and people do they think about where are the exits when they go to a bar or you know or at least if you're a disaster planner like Kristen. so um (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) yeah, absolutely so yeah well let's let's take uh let's take one more break we'll be right back All all right we are back with a medical story that was sent in by one of our listeners. Uh, and we have uh, Lindsay Fitzharris and Adrian Teal. are going to listen to this with us. So this comes from Todd. <clears throat> Todd says, I'm e- emailing because I have a little to add on the leeches topic. So just to put some background here, last time, Lindsay, you were on, we talked about bloodletting. Yep. And leeches came into that discussion. <laughs> I love that our, our, our conversations always go into these strange areas. So uh, Todd says, I'm a clinical pharmacist at a level one trauma center that has used leeches over the last 10 to 12 years or so. As people have stated, it's usually plastics or dermatology ordering them. We use them. We used to keep them in stock almost continuously, but we weren't using them as often. So we decided to stock them at one of our other hospitals so they could be available within 24 hours if needed. So now we only have them when a patient needs them. It's interesting to know that they are kind of tough to keep alive. 
You have to change their water every three days, and we use special buckets to make that change easier. There's a special salt solution to add every so often, too. If a leech dies, you have to change the water daily for a few days and then can go back to every three days uh, if no more have died. We learned quickly that certain pharmacists and technicians were really grossed out by the leeches. <laughs> and often, and some others, uh, often people that, uh, that use them for fishing and stuff, had no issues at all. I often volunteered since people would trade other crummy jobs if I did that for them which is very smart. I was told that the company we got them from actually is the only seller of medical leeches. They're called Leeches USA. <laughs> That's where you can get your medical grade leeches. <laughs> leeches USA. The cost depends on volume, but they're around $18 each. Wow. If you order over 100. Wow, so no. there you go. You get a cost break. If you order bulk, bulk leeches. leeches. Do they only right. drink blood or do they eat other? Like, how do you feed them? No, it must be blood, right? Oh, that's it a must, good question. It must yeah. only be but blood. also, wouldn't they have to be sterile? I, I don't yeah. know. Or at yeah. least as sterile as you can get them. All right. right? Hey, this is the more information we need from our listeners, okay? Yeah. Are they sterile? <laughs> yeah. What do you feed the leeches? Yeah. That's what we want to know. And I like that this um, episode was sponsored by Leeches USA today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All your leech needs. All your yeah. leech needs. <laughs> and also, that was kind of like a weird dear penthouse. You guys get people writing <laughs> letters. Like, I so, feel like so you need we a, got... whole, a whole like segment on the weird letters that we you guys do. get. <laughs> Yeah, we should just start soliciting them. Yeah. Just take we'll give you advice. Yeah. We got a note from we got a note from our producer Shanti who says leeches can feed from raw ri raw liver okay. that you can buy oh. at the grocery store. Okay, that makes sense. You can, okay. Yeah, you can also feed leeches with blood, like rabbit, cow, sheep, blood. I, uh, I don't well, know you how know, you're going to procure that. About their... What's going to happen is the next time I come on, I'm going to have some pet leeches. <laughs> but, yeah, I feel that's, like that's yeah, the right. one thing they'll just be now. stuck all over. Yeah, you. they'll just and, uh, leeches yeah. USA. Everyone, leeches USA. <laughs> and you don't have to walk. You don't have to walk them. No, I know the cat. Oh, the yeah, that is a plus. But buy them in bulk. <laughs> Definitely buy them in bulk. A hundred of them. Can yeah. you imagine? Wow. What well, a weird, um, what a weird. I segue. know, and and what a great uh, ending to our conversation about bulk <laughs> That's leeches. Right. We've come full circle. So. Um, Definitely. We've talked a lot about your book. Uh, uh, so just to, to recap, Plague Busters, uh, you can get it. It's, it's fantastic for families. Uh, middle school is, is the kind of target audience. Or trivia right, people, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm enjoying the book myself. So yeah. I, it's, it's, it's fascinating. And, um, and so definitely check it out. And great artwork by the one and only <laughs> Adrian here. Um, anything else? Did we miss anything? No, I think that's it. Yeah, it's, just, it. it's just great to see yeah. you guys. Absolutely. And then also you can check. Before the shop closes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm a bit worried yeah. about that. And definitely, definitely look up uh, uh, Lindsay on social media, Doctor at Dr. Lindsay Fitzharris on t uh, Twitter. And X, Adrian, where can wanna... people find your work? Uh, yeah. Um, well, I'm also on social media. You, all the usual uh, ones uh, at Teal Cartoons, T-E-A-L Cartoons. Great. And hey, we will, we will be tweeting the, uh, the digital caricature of you guys and oh. we'll be happy to send it to you That's although awesome. i don't know if Kristen wants that on her wall <laughs> so oh. i've had weirder look who i'm married I to know. i mean it's, i feel like adrian and i can relate it's, on that it's front. absolutely it's, it's like, going right back there yeah all absolutely. right well we'll send you guys well, that so definitely. 
Definitely. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. Well, you think we can close the book on our leech conversation? Uh, time will tell. <laughs> I think people are really interested in that. It's it's kind it's of It's the weird stuff. The weird yeah. stuff about medicine, I think. That people... we're still doing, I think, is why it's so interesting. We need to explore some more of those things. What, what other medical practices out there... Uh, do you think, and you as in the people listening and watching us right now, um, do, do you think people would want to know about? What are the yeah. weird kind of off the wall stuff? You It's a fine line between that and like TikTok trends though. <laughs> like TikTok are real things that right. like you get in like an accredited hospital. <laughs> right. What are the things that we think are, are right. gone but are still around? But uh, um, what a fun uh, conversation with... Dr. Fitzharris yes. and Adrian. She's always so fun. And uh, um, they they do seem to work very well together. Yeah, yes. The, I think, you know, like you, it takes a special person yeah, to, yeah. to be able to <laughs> live and work alongside. But the, the, the uh, illustrations and stuff, and the, you definitely check out Plague Busters. It's, yeah, it's, it's really it's a cool good. book. I like it. Absolutely. Um, and uh, let us know what your thoughts are of this episode. If you have any suggestions for us, guests that you'd want to uh, us to uh, have on the show. We'd love to hear your thoughts. You can email us, knockknockhigh at human-content.com. We're on all the social medias. Uh, hang out social medias. Is that, that, is that a, a thing? Sure. You can just say social medias. On the socials. On the socials. Yeah. On the social. There's only one media, but there are multiple socials. Well, media is already a plural. Okay, whatever. Medium would be um, singular. <laughs> you can also hang out with us and our human content podcast family on Instagram and TikTok at human content pods. Thank you to all the wonderful listeners leaving feedback and reviews. You guys are, are amazing. You're beautiful. You're wonderful people. Uh, and if you subscribe and comment on your favorite podcasting app or on YouTube, we can give you a shout out like Kevin.S.21 on Apple said discussion with with uh, uh, Lieutenant Aaron. I was like, what is LT? Lieutenant. That's what that is. <laughs> I should know that. Discussion with Lieutenant Aaron Gregg on Will and Kristen's cardiac arrest was awesome. So important, an essential topic, and so expertly handled to reveal what went well and also what can be improved in pre-hospital EMS handling of cardiac arrest for the patient and, as importantly, the family, specifically those family who had to take part in a res resuscitation. This benefits all of us humans on both sides of the most critical time, most important emergency where 10 minutes can make the difference between life and death. Bravo. Well said. Thank you so yes, much, Kevin. Thank you. Absolutely. That is the big takeaway from, from that conversation with Lieutenant Greg. And full episodes of this episode, full episodes of this episode, <laughs> full episodes of this podcast are up on my YouTube channel every week at D Flecken. We also have a Patreon, lots of fun perks, bonus episodes where we react to medical shows and movies, hang out with other members of the Knock Knock High community. Uh, we have a, a, a potluck every so often. <laughs> um, really just, you know, everybody brings a dish. Uh, it's it's fantastic. Um, you know, there's a couple kind of, you know, oddballs in the group, but yeah, that's okay. You know, every we, we need that. We need a little variety in our potluck dinners. What am I talking about? I okay, know. we're also uh, ad-free episode access, uh, interactive Q&A live stream events, and much more. Uh, Patreon.com slash Glockenflecken, or go to Glockenflecken.com. It's getting late in the day. 
You're getting a little it's, loopy. I'm just going to keep talking here. Uh, speaking of Patreon community perks, new member shout out to Jan. Thanks, Jan. Hello. Good to see you. Also, shout out, as always, to the Jonathans. We have Patrick, Lucia, C, Sharon, S, Omar, Edward, K, Stephen, G, Ross, Box, Jonathan, F, Marion, W, Mr. Granddaddy, Caitlin, C, Brianna, L, Dr. J, Chaver, W, Jonathan, A, Leah, D, K, L, Rachel, L, and Ann, P. A virtual head nod to you all. Patreon roulette. Random shout out to someone in the emergency medicine tier. We have Amy A. Thank you, Amy, for being a patron. And thank you all for listening. We're your hosts, Will and Kristen Flannery, also known as the Glock and Flecken. Special thanks to our guests today, Dr. Lindsay Fitzharris and Adrian Teal. Our executive producers are Will Flannery, Kristen Flannery, Aaron Courtney, Rob Goldman, and Shanti Brooke. Editor and engineer is Jason Portizo. Our music is by Omer Benzvi. Did I say something wrong? You called him Grob. <laughs> so now he is Grob Goblin. Grob Gob Goldman. Grob. I didn't say Grob. Did I say Grob? All right, yep. sorry. I'm sorry, Grob. <laughs> to learn about our Knock Knock Highs program disclaimer and ethics policies, mission verification, licensing terms, and HIPAA release terms, you can go to glockandplugin.com or reach out to us at knockknockhighathuman-content.com with any questions, concerns, or fun medical puns. Knock Knock High is a human content production. Hey, Kristen, do you know what I want? What do you want? I want someone to do everything for me. Mm, don't we all? Like in life. I want like someone to get me out of bed in the morning, mm. put my clothes on, brush my teeth. I want something that will wash my face for me after I have already laid down. Unfortunately, we're not going to find that. Well, that's a shame. You know what the next best thing is, though? What? The Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience, or DAX for short. This is ambient AI-powered technology that helps improve the patient-physician relationship, helps reduce burnout by reducing clinical documentation burden. There are so many benefits to having DAX. Remember, Nuance can help today's physicians from feeling overwhelmed and burdened and really help you get that work-life balance back. 79% of physicians say their work-life balance improved with DAX. It's that powerful. To learn more about the Nuance Dragon Ambient Experience or DAX, visit nuance.com slash discover DAX. That's N-U-A-N-C-E dot com slash discover D-A-X.